Welcome to the Luggage Life Podcast, where we have a good time unpacking the inevitable journeys of life. This is episode three. Let's get it. Life is a trip. You just have to learn to navigate, but it requires you to embrace everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, the fun. First you feel, then you pack, then you stack. But when do you really have time to unpack? Tell me that. First you feel, then you pack, and you stack. But when do you really have time to unpack? Tell me that. It's luggage life. It's the luggage life. Luggage life. It's the luggage life. Luggage life. This is luggage life. So sit back. We gon' unpack and do it right. What's up, everybody? Welcome in or welcome back to the Luggage Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Chaz, and you can kick it with me on Instagram and Twitter at Chillin' with Chaz. That's C-H-I-L-L-I-N-W-I-T-C-H-A-S. If you want to join the private Facebook group, make sure that you check out the link in the description of the show notes below. I wanted to get right into this episode because we have so much ground to cover. And I wanted to start by asking y'all a question. Who else has noticed that they have began paying attention to the most weirdest things while in quarantine? Or am I just alone? So look, I am from Canarsie, New York, and our favorite pastime in the summer, or really anytime we were outside, was to people watch. So I don't really know if it's a developed a new habit in quarantine or if my old ways is just coming back for me they just keep calling me like I don't (laughs) not sure but this is why I ask guys my neighbor is out here I don't even really want to say banging and slanging because I don't know I am not beyond the threshold of the door but he basically is house party 5.0 Like, he has a revolving door as if he's the entrance to the 34th Street Macy's location. Like, I'm trying to really process why there's so much foot traffic to your apartment, okay? And where I'm from, there aren't but so many reasons why that's occurring. And I know it really isn't none of my business, or at least it seems like it's none of my business, but y'all, I promise I'm minding my business, and here's why. This gentleman had the audacity to roll up on me one day. And it was one of those kind of creepy roll-ups. Like, you ever see a movie, a scary movie or a suspenseful movie, and there's always that moment where there's a sense of foreshadowing, but not really, and there's like a climax being built to like get you on the edge of your seat. And there's that weird music that kind of plays, and you expect the killer or somebody really creepy to pop up, and then that like, dun, music hits and a person pops up that the main character actually knows but it's just meant to kind of take your breath away type moment he specializes in these kind of moments like I'm trying to tell y'all perfect example one day I was driving home I saw him running and we have kind of this straightaway road that encloses or kind of like borders our complex because the complex is made up of condominiums townhouses and apartments And I saw him running on that straightaway. I made it all the way to the parking lot, got into my parking space, was getting out of my car, probably singing a song to myself or reciting a movie because I do stuff like that. But that's another conversation. And as I go to back up and close my door to go upstairs, I look up and he is literally outside my door. How he got back within that amount of time with me driving a car And the speed limit on that road is 35 and got back to me and met me at my car without me seeing him. That's it. He practices black magic. I'm convinced because I don't know how he did it. I need that. He is fast and the furious. He is turbo jet, like turbo man. So I'm just like, okay. But anyway, so in that moment, he asked me essentially for my number. And I was like, "Mm mm-mm. Because it immediately played in my head all the things that I have been observing while I've been in quarantine. And I'm like, I don't really want to play this type of game. I'm also trying to get my life together. Like, I've been reading Mike Todd's Relationship Goal. Shout out to everybody that is reading that book or has read that book. And if you're going to read it, shout out to you. But I don't really want to get into that kind. It's not that kind of party, okay? And so, at the time, I really was having cellular issues. So, I was like, actually, my phone is not working right now. And so, I'm not going to give you my number. 
but I will take yours. And even though my phone wasn't working, it probably would have been ideal to just hand my number off to him. But then I thought about it and was like, when I turn my phone back on and this screen gets fixed, am I going to have a gazillion messages from this person and then have to go through the really uncomfortable, because for me it is uncomfortable, notion of being like, look, just don't text my phone or I will block you, okay? My my number one defense, <laughs> block. Do y'all remember that game? It was probably a multiple gaming systems. My brother and I used to play it on PlayStation, and it was like this one-dimensional dog guy who was taking lessons from this onion head shape, this onion head shape sensei, and he used to be like, king punch is all in the mind. Yeah, and there was a part where he used to be like, block, 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 block. That, that's me, block. Because the other issue that I was having in the midst of trying to figure out like the most difficult math problem ever, what speed could you have had to been going to meet me back here at my car at the speed that I was going? I'm not even sure what formula could be used to answer that question. But I was also trying to consider how do I tell you that I think it's completely inappropriate for you to try to approach me asking me for my number while I cannot assume what you wanted it for I can also kind of assume what you wanted it for even if it was just to hang out knowing that I literally live diagonally from you on the same hall and I see what you got going on I want no parts I think it's kind of sort of disrespectful for you to approach me assuming that I want to be a part of that or that I don't know what's going on I kind of seen it as an insult to my intelligence but maybe I'm stretching it maybe I'm reaching Y'all can hit me up in a DM and let me know because I am navigating this relationships thing, okay? So anyways, I just, that made me think, has anybody else, I wonder what other people who are in quarantine have been observing, noticing, and just, you know, when we are by ourselves, we tend to be our most unique and different selves. So like singing to yourself, random things come to your mind when you're scrolling and you're kind of quiet, but again, you're saying things to yourself in your head that make you giggle. I just want to know what are some of the weird things or things that you guys have found yourself doing in the midst of quarantine and having to social distance and so literally having the only person you can be with be yourself because I know it has to be funny. Beyond that, I also want to know, like, what have you guys been listening to? What books are you reading? What shows are you watching? I know I've already let you guys know that I'm reading Mike Todd's Relationship Goals book. And one of the things that really hit me hard from this book is that when you take the time to be celibate, how your focus is availed to your purpose more than anything else. And I'm like, yes, because I have all the time in the world to not be worrying about slaying that thing this way and let me swing my purpose at problems in the earth. So if you are out there trying the celibacy thing, I am in here with you. Hit me up in a DM so we can encourage each other because iron sharpens iron and I am here for it. I've had stints when I've gone through celibate periods and this one, I'm really, really intending for it to be the real thing. Like, seriously. So if you are on the journey too, I am here with you. You are not alone. Don't give up. Hold on. Stay strong. Okay? Um, I also wanted to share one song that I've been listening to on repeat, um, especially considering the climate that we are currently in, is Mr. Officer by T. Grizzly featuring Queen Nyjah and members of the Detroit Youth Choir. I think the song is so dope and so beautiful. In case you guys have not heard it yet, let me let you get a little bit of it right now. Wheel, now they ain't happy with us. That's crazy. Now they talking about be cool. No, let people do what they do. I see a lot of people not saying nothing like, what if that shit was you? Huh? What if that was your brother? What if that was your dad? What if that was your son? What if that was all you had? Huh? Yes, so that song is super dope. And I got put on to it by my brother. And one, I love when people make art from their heart and really have a disregard for people's opinions, but really are just settled in speaking their authentic truth. It also made me think about this week's check-in question, which is who or what are you canceling and why? What is your canceling rooted in or backed by? And I think that's important because 
I was watching a video by Preston Perry, and he was talking about the fact that white guilt is not the same thing as allyship, and that sometimes people can feel feel guilt and resort to behavior, but it not really be a reflection of their true belief. And I thought that that was really interesting, one, because it's true, but two, because as we go through this movement of canceling culture, I think it's important to pay attention to not just saying, oh, I'm canceling this person or this thing because of how they're speaking on this matter, because the truth is that if they are a person who is not standing on the side of Black Lives Matter, standing up against oppression, do not stand for black people or people of color, the chances are that there have been streams and undertones of this belief and operation in their work. And so I just think that we have to be more mindful as communities moving forward about what we buy into and not wait for people to just say or not say something about a cause that's so heavily important to us before deciding that we are or are, or are not going to support what they're presenting. One of the things I'm canceling right now, for sure, while I'm up for canceling, is the funding of every police department everywhere. Um, Chauvin is allegedly supposed to still receive his pension and was given bail. To me, that is absolutely insane. And so I encourage anybody who is down for taking action in that way to find out and connect with sources that are moving in a direction of approaching the conversation of basically defunding your police department, your local police department. But also, um, Lush Cosmetics is on a more commercial um, aspect, if you will. There's been a lot of back and forth on Twitter. Basically, the company put out a statement that Black Lives Matter, but the CEO of the company has made statements as soon as the day after the death and the murder of George Floyd to announce that he supports um, police. And in this time, he has also um, gone the extra mile to give gifts um, on behalf of Lush and himself to police departments. And so I get it. Um, there is a lot to be said about that. You can't come out like, yes, as an organization, and that's the frustrating part also, right? Like, what if, which of these organizations are actually standing on the side of BLM because of their true innate value and ethical systems? And then who is doing it for the sake of lining their pockets and because they don't want to lose their consumer base, they don't want to lose you know, their wholesale accounts. They don't want to lose the people that are in the back ends doing business with them to be able to make them money. And that's why I go back to my initial point about it's important for us to pay attention to the undertones of what drives people's movements and operations in business. Because yes, it's very easy right now to say you're not making a statement, you're not standing with, so you're canceled. But we shouldn't have to wait for it to get to this point. However, if you are interested in taking action against Lush, there is a woman, Jennifer Juniper, on Twitter that has composed a sample email to send to Lush headquarters to basically declare that the company does something on behalf of the black people that consume their products as well as produce some of their products. And so if you want to get that template and participate in that movement, then find Jennifer Juniper on Twitter. I know that I will no longer um, be buying Lush products after the last haul I did once these products are gone. That is it for my coins to them, okay? But I also saw a post on Instagram by Tico Nejan, who is a black woman that is into emotional intelligence. And she put up a post that said, I am not here to diversify your feed. And it was interesting because she talked about the influx in white people that have begun following her with the onset of this pandemic and all the tension that is happening between races. She really put out this challenge to people to think about how they are diversifying because she's like, look, be on my Instagram. Like, this is going to mostly be about my career and about facts that relate to emotional intelligence. But she's like, I wake up to diversity. You know, she's in a biracial marriage. Her children are biracial. She grew up um, in an urban district. 
she lives in LA now. So just really challenging us as people to think about the ways that we're diversifying. And again, I found that interesting because I know that there have been some forums I've read and people have talked about their personal relationships with other people ending because I guess people's true colors have come out about what they support and don't support in this time. And that to me was also like, wow, we can really be around or interact with people so much and not truly, truly know who they are at the core or what drives them at their core. So again, I just wanted to check in with you guys around what you're canceling, who you're canceling, and why, um, because I know that this is all a lot to process. So with that being said, we're going to get into a baggage claim. Okay, y'all, so this week's baggage claim comes from our girl, Jamila. And Jamila had two things to say this week, so let's check it out. With all that's going on in our world and the cultural temperature of our world right now, I needed to take some time for myself, so that meant taking off of work and showing up for me. And that's something that I don't usually do. I usually push myself, and there are times that we should, but there are times that we have to say, okay, I need a mental health day, and I took several. Woo, okay. So let's get into that baggage claim first, y'all. I think that a lot of us can attest to and relate to Jamila when she talks about the need for a mental health day. But also, she alludes to the fact of it being difficult for us to actually give ourselves what we need in that respect and regard. But why is that? All my people out there, if you struggle with taking time for yourself, with requesting work time off for mental health days, why? I know for me, it has a lot to do um, with the message of self-care feeling contradictive to the mission of a lot of companies. I feel like people say, oh, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. But at the same time, they're going to be the same ones providing you with all the work and with all the tasks and with all the messages that I want you to take care of yourself as long as it's not impacting me or take care of yourself outside of here. But when you're here 24-7, what does taking care of myself look like and how can I? I also think that it has a lot to do with our understanding of what we bring to companies and the value that we provide. There's been this really deeply rooted conditioning that employers are over employees and that they are solely doing us a favor by giving us a paycheck. When in all reality, yes, there may be people who fall under the same umbrella of skills that I have, but no two people can do certain things the same. And so we have to get ourselves out of the mindset of being afraid and manipulated under the notion that we are disposable because then we take that action and it's almost kind of like we internalize it or then we don't treat ourselves fairly because that thought is constantly speaking to us in the back of our minds. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Again, if there's anybody out there who struggles with this, why do y'all struggle with it? Do y'all take time off of work? Um, does it take you a long time to acknowledge that you need to take time off of work? Does your employment culture kind of give you space to really do that? Or are they the type of employer that says one thing but does another? Let me know about that. But we're going to move on to Jamila's second baggage claim. So I had an incident in a staff meeting where some insensitive, inconsiderate, derogatory uh, statements were made to me specifically. And I chose to not react. Um, because in that moment, it would have been a reaction, and I would have been speaking from an emotional response, and rightfully so, in the same manner that one moment could have tainted years of witness. Everybody on my job knows I love Jesus, and it's not because I walk around with a sign that says I love Jesus. And it only takes one moment for people to look at you and say, oh, I thought you loved Jesus. And so ultimately, I have to be reminded that every time I open my mouth is what I'm saying going to glorify God, right? Because ultimately, this life is about witnessing. So me being silent, I have realized after speaking to other colleagues about what's going on behind the scenes since this has occurred, is that my silence is speaking louder than my words ever could. Um, and so there is a time to speak up, but there's also a time to be silent. And with the cultural climate of our world right now, we can agree that silence is agreement. 
But then there are situations and circumstances where we need to just allow ignorance to hit a wall and echo back to the person who spoke. And I allowed that to happen. And them not knowing what's coming down the pipeline is driving them in circles. And I'm sitting over here in peace because I know who fights for me and I know who fights my battles. Well, I just put the stinky face all on that baggage clean. Jamila, come through. First of all, you said we need to let ignorance hit a wall and echo back to the person that spoke. Sis, let me tell you. Can I put you in my back pocket? Is it possible for me to like, y'all ever seen the episode of SpongeBob when he had Patrick in his head trying to give him the answers to the driving test? Because I find that it is difficult to know how to utilize the tool of silence sometimes. And I don't know if I'm alone. So listen, you right now listening, do you have a difficult time knowing when to utilize the tool of silence? Um, because as Jamila indicated, there is a very clear divide right now between staying quiet and choosing your battles but the same way that we can assume um, silence means compliance in this culture that we're in it's the same thing to me to some degree um, with understanding that if I stay silent I'm communicating to you that it is okay for you to treat me a certain type of way but then I also do know that giving people kindness in return to their ignorance really is priceless so I don't know I really honor you Jamila for being able to have that moment and for not ruining your witness and sis you have now impressed upon my heart so when I want to go at somebody I'm gonna be like it we ain't going there I ain't gonna ruin it I'm gonna just give them a smile and walk away at least I'm gonna try I'm gonna try that's the best that I could actually give you Jesus be the strength okay Jesus be scotch tape Jesus be a blank drawn because Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> but that's it for um this week's baggage claim, you guys. Please feel free to um chime in. Let me know where you stand on these specific topics. You know, we all are going through this life thing together. And again, some of us are in different spaces. What Jamila may be able to do with her silence may not be where you're at. And what um, you may be able to do with taking off of work all free and willy-nilly. Listen, some of us just are not there. So let us know what's up. And in the meantime, y'all know we about to unpack. We are here, bags ready and unzipped, okay? If you're new to the unpack segment, it is where we take a deep dive into a particular topic, sometimes guided or kind of that came up from a leading thought or question. And so this unpack is really centered around the thought of how identity is impacted by the current cultural climate. And I say that one, because there have been a lot of responses to how black people and people of color are responding to the social injustice as far as protests go. And there are people saying, oh, that people shouldn't be rioting, shouldn't be looting. And I was having a conversation with my homegirl. And as we were trying to really discuss it, flesh it out and give our perspectives, she brought up a video. And I thought that this young lady really, really, really explained the situation to the T. So if you have not seen this video floating around Instagram, just take a listen. Every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood. How can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have. That if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. Well, there you have that from Miss Kimberly Latrice Jones. She is the 2020 NAACP Image Award nominee, and she is also co-author of I'm Not Dying With You Tonight. If you want to hear the entire IGTV video, please head over to her Instagram. It is at Kimberly Latrice Jones, and I will put it in the show notes as well. I think she did a really good job at basically just putting it into 
all of the opinions and thoughts around why um, people exist in the positions that they do when it comes to protesting for social injustice. And so there's not really much for me to say, but y'all take a look at that video. And I bring that up because there are so many different responses beyond the protest where I've had conversations with some friends and to some degree, some form of an imposter syndrome has come up. People asking the question or talking about, I'm not going to say asking the question, but people talking about having a thought, am I black enough? And I've heard that in multiple conversations that I've had. And now let me be the first one to say that I understand I identify as a woman of color. And with my light skin privilege, I never take for granted the reality that I will not have to have certain encounters and experiences in my life that my black women friends, my black men, male friends, my family members who are darker skin than I am will have to have solely because of how I look. But I just feel it's so necessary to speak to that thought solely because it is rooted to some degree in racist beliefs and principles. Like what makes a person not black enough? Because according to society, if their skin is dark, they are black. And that opens them up to the reality that they will experience certain things in life. So where they live, how they talk, what they dress like, really can't take away from the fact that if they're put in this sphere or environment with racist people, they will be treated in a certain way. And that's just plainly put. Um, but it's so interesting how that kind of imposter syndrome with us feeling like, oh my goodness, how should I feel about this? Should I really be connecting or should I feel weird or odd that I'm not connecting with the movement in the same way that some of my colleagues are? And so I just wanted to, again, speak to that because we all know within our communities there and within communities of color, there are conversations that constantly happen around colorism, um, around speech. And even like, you know, when Beyonce addressed the 2020 graduate, she said, you don't have to talk a certain way to be intelligent. We have just created this way of conditioning people to think if you want to do something better in a way that separates you from your culture. One, the thought is that you should separate from your culture. Two, is that if you do anything in a way better that ultimately separates you from your culture, then you are seen as wanting to be white because the notion and the message is white is right, which is absolutely not true. So for anybody who may be sifting through or going through that, that thought, I know that I do not have the same experiences, but I just wanted to speak to that, that nobody can validate that for you that you are who you are, boom, point blank, period, proudly, boldly, beautifully, all of that. So rock out with it. Not to mention that people are created to be in certain spaces intentionally because there is something that you can do with the experience that you've had to impact the movement because literally every system in America, as we know, has been built with the implicit biases, the prejudices and the um, racial inequalities that we see today. And that's healthcare, that's education, that's criminal justice, that's housing, that's finance, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So as I was thinking about all of this, I really consider what it was that I could do to contribute to what's happening now, right? Because I'm, I'm here for... Um, dismantling the systems and I don't know if there is you know creating a series around that so podcasters or community leaders if that's the thing that you're into if you are involved in a system and would like to like think tank around developing some um series on dismantling systems or navigating systems then please hit me up and let's have that conversation because it's take to the streets and the systems like it's not neither opposition nor defeat right to say that oh I'm going to take to the street and be up in a protest or I'm going to take to the system and operate within this space and change things from the inside it's not really an either or kind of conversation it's a it's both and I'm here for it because it's strategy and like I said I am here for it so one thing specifically that I know I have the power to do is information share Right now, I'm in a position where I work for a school district in a city that is heavily structured um, by racist principles. I am very, very passionate about education. And one of the things that I noticed 
when I first took on this position that I didn't know as a kid, and I'm pretty sure my family did not know, was the power and the impact that the school board has over the district. And so I want to take this time to encourage anybody who may be a community leader, who may be a parent, who may be a friend of a parent. If you do not know who is ahead of the local PTA, if you do not know how that operates and functions, find out. If you are not in tune with the school board when they meet, who's on the school board, what interest do they have in the community, what connection do they have to the community, what have they already done, when do they hold their meetings, what portion of their meeting is reserved for public comment, and what those topics are that will be covered in public comment. All of that is so necessary to know because these are spaces where people who have the wherewithal to insert themselves in the space are letting their voices be heard. And a lot of times, to be quite honest with you from what I've seen, black and brown spaces are missing. A majority of the people in there speak English, so also our immigrant population is missing. And a lot of times, some of our immigrant populations in urban school districts tend to be majority black and brown students. So I encourage you all to just get up on that. I am here for it. The other thing that I know I have the ability to do in this time right now as an immediate response is also to share about how we fight critically like you know I was talking with my family and we were having a discussion about the need for a philosophy degree being so high because having a degree in philosophy people assume that it means that you have the ability to challenge think outside the box and to be critical in your solutions and as we continue to go and grow um, and dealing with the systems right now and as we begin to approach them and demand change and work within them and make change and take to the streets and pull down statues and what have you, there are certain questions that I feel like we should be teaching our children and the younger generation to ask and to have in mind as they navigate life and as they navigate these systems. It's almost kind of like, you know, the rules for engagement. Like if I am going to enter into any kind of interaction or relationship with you, what does that look like and what do I need to know? And so I think the first thing we should always consider is what is the ask? What is being asked of us? Um, who are the stakeholders in this ask? Who does this involve, right? Like who is going to benefit and who all is contributing to what is being asked? And then what are the complications, I mean, implications for the people involved? Who's going to make the money? Who's going to be impacted negatively? Who is going to be impacted positively? It's almost kind of like if you've ever taken a business class, the SWOT analysis. It's the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and threats that are presented by venturing into a thing. And so we always have to be aware of those components, especially knowing the truth being that black people and people of color have always been on the short end of the stick when it comes to interactions and deals and operations with America. Um, one of the last things we have to consider is what facts and what evidence back this information. Q's favorite rapper. Because as we know, history repeats itself. And after watching several episodes of Dirty Money, I am so convinced that people are a lot more simple than we like to believe. Seriously, if you just do the work and dig and pay attention and utilize some critical thinking skills. And so I'm not going to cue Jay-Z again, but definitely the first thing that came to mind when I just said that was um, the OJ story. When he said, y'all think it's bougie, I'm like, fine, but I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for $9.99 or something like that. And it's interesting because to me, that statement is really talking about how our lived experiences are priceless and they really grow in value when we have the ability to pass them down to the next generation. That's just how I feel and wanted to unpack that because I know there can be a lot of young people, old people, middle aged people really trying to figure out how their identity plays a role or, or just not even realizing how their identity is impacted and how they're maneuvering through life based on a systematic um, journey really like a lot of us grew up here in america and so especially again black people people of color have experienced these things ongoing um and sometimes unbeknownst to us because again when you are at a disadvantage you don't have access to certain resources and certain things that you need to be able to be aware of what's going on around you so continue to information share Continue to encourage critical thinking for everybody around you in your sphere you're there for a reason 
and continue to move through and press through with power. You have reached your destination. So guys, we are at the final stretch in the GPS. And if you are familiar with this segment, then you know this is a segment that I originally created and said it was about giving people scripture. And over the time, and especially with this state that we're in right now, I've decided to kind of make a shift to this segment and really make it about giving power and support. Um, Because again, we all need each other. We're all in this together. And so this will really be just a compilation of things, places, whatever, that people can look up, go to, find, start thinking about um, to assist them with getting through whatever. And probably whatever the topic of the unpack happened to be about in this in the episode. So let's get to it. So our first stop for this GPS is going to be Richmond, VA. This Saturday, June 13th, there's going to be a 5,000 men march from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. I believe it is starting at the Robert E. Lee um monument and so if you are in rva pull up hopefully i see you out there because i got time and i'm here for it and i'm taken to the street today um we're also going to be having another rally in richmond va for juneteenth and if you don't know that is next friday june 19th and that's going to be starting at 5 p.m at 1509 east broad street in richmond virginia the zip for that is 23219 if you want more information about that um, get on Instagram and find Vernon Gordon. He is the pastor of Life Church RVA. Um, so definitely excited about that as well. And plus, y'all, my job just announced that we are doing Summer Friday. So every Friday in the summer, I'm off. Oof. I got all the time for all the things this summer, okay? Even with um, COVID out here still running rampant. But I digress. There's going to be a um, Our Rights Matter virtual launch campaign, and that is happening on June 18th, 2020. It's from 2 to 4 p.m. Um, I will have information, so if you want to DM me to get that, and I will probably also put it in the notes of the episode. If not, then I will definitely put it on my Instagram, so check that out. There are also going to be a couple of community listening sessions that are going to be focused on policing in the public school system. Those are going to be more Zoom meetings. I have the links to be able to join those. There are two different ones, um, June 17th from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. and then June 24th um, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. You can DM me for the registration link. And what I love about this is it gives you the ability to have knowledge. And even though they may be talking about a particular district, um, you can kind of piecemeal it and take away what could apply to your personal district and you can pull up to this no matter where you are because it's via zoom there is also um at black rva that's at blkrva and i want to shout this page out they are increasing black tourism to the rva region and they're doing such a great job so if you're thinking about taking a trip to rva want to know where to eat where to go what to do make sure you follow at black rva on instagram that's at blkrva then y'all coming through with all the things because y'all know I am a late summer baby my birthday's in September but y'all know summertime is when the turn up really happens and with corona still being out here COVID still being a thing she's out here shanking states because they are spiking back up all over again and quite frankly we seem to believe that if we don't hear it on the news it's not really a big deal But need I remind you about the health disparity that exists in America? And though that is not shocking that black and brown faces are the ones dying the most from this, it's still alarming. And we still need to be mindful because states out here just opening up, ready to receive Rona with open arms. And I'm not for it. Anyway, I digress. So the point being that summertime is when we love to turn up, take vacations, be all in the pool, be all at the beach, and just having a good time. So local DJ, DJ Lonnie B., Um, has started a summer series where every Thursday there are going to be events. They've paired with a local restaurant, and I actually don't have the name of the restaurant in front of me, but every, I believe it's Thursday from 7 to 10, you can purchase a tent. Um, The tent is equipped with like sanitizing stations. You can order food, you can order drinks, and of course DJ Lonnie B will be there, so there will be music, and just have yourself a good time. Masks are required. Um, so if you want more information about that, head over to at DJ Lonnie B. That's D-J-L-O-N-N-I-E capital B. 
to get more information about that. And to be quite honest with y'all, depending again where quarantine is, I mean, excuse me, where Corona is in September, your girl might be having a DJ Lonnie B Thursday party for her birthday, <laughs> but I'll keep y'all posted on that. There's also an organization, Virginia Community Voice. Um, you can go to their website, vacommunityvoice.org, to hear about the efforts that they're taking to dismantle systems and to just train people and help the communities in RVA become more aware and step out of the bounds and the separations that have been set on and for them through policies. I am, again, here for I'm here for all the things from parties to reforms, okay? So those are just some things that I wanted to highlight about RVA specifically because this is where I live. And so I want to information share and getting this information happens to be a lot easier for me because I live here. But there are also some movements and some accounts that I am going to recommend for you to follow that are all about the information sharing, all about keeping us on one and pushing the movement forward. So when it comes to resources like news and media, um, you want to find accounts like at Fox5DC, okay? They have been doing a really good job on their social media at covering all things DC, um, at being very transparent about, you know, posting people who are um, opposing the movement, um, posting things that are people who are for the movement. It just keeps the gamut and the palette really, really open for us to see, like, what we're dealing with. Be mindful that when you watch the news, you want to understand, again, what they're rooted in like what perspective they normally tend to take because that will help you to identify and understand if that is the news channel or station for you. Don't constantly watch news stations where people put their personal opinions into the point that they have you questioning yourself and your stance, but try to find a place that is going to be as objective as possible in truly presenting the news to you as is so that you can make an informed decision. You should always still do your own research, but having a place that is lacking in bias will help a thousand percent. So yes, when it comes to news and media, try to find an account that is sharing what you need in your area or just nationally that you can actually, to some degree, trust. You also want to make sure that you pay attention to small black businesses and businesses of color that are doing things to push the movement forward. One of the accounts that I follow, she's a dope podcaster, an educator, an author, and she has even started making Black Dads Matter face masks. And I think that's so dope because we definitely have to start shifting and changing the paradigm for way too long. The narrative has been that Black dads don't matter or that Black dads don't care about their families, dads of color. And so I love these masks. Um, they can be purchased from her website and I will share that in the show notes below. They're also um, mega people with mega influence that understand their influence and their privilege and that they are willing to utilize that to collaborate and bring communities together to help people who do not normally have a space for their voice to really be heard in or are often marginalized. And one of those people is Brene Brown. You guys have heard me talk about her on this podcast before. She's a native Texan. She is a researcher. She um, has done many TED Talks and many talks all over the world, encouraging people to do the deep digging work. And so she has joined a movement, started a movement actually called Share the Mic Now. So if you hashtag Share the Mic Now, I'm not sure on Twitter, but definitely on Instagram, you will find information all about this. And basically what's happened is that white women have paired with women of color to allow them to take over their social media platforms, I think for a day, and really information share and just talk and get words out. I'm not sure if they all have their own various topics, but if you go over to Brene Brown's page and look for hashtag share the mic now, you'll see she has a spread and there are tons of pairs that are going to be taking place over the course of the next couple weeks. And so I encourage you, there are um, people in finance, there are people in um, mental health, a bunch of different people that can offer insight and knowledge in a real and important way. So that is super dope. She's also modeling for other white women how it is that we share space with women whose voices have been suppressed for so long. So shout out to Brene and anybody else of that magnitude doing something like that. Um, I also found out actually, because y'all know I'm from Brooklyn, so I'm always bigging up New York places, um, but at Plucker um, LLC, so that's at P-L-U-C-K-E-R LLC, they are the first black-owned food delivery service based out of New York. 
So if you're in New York needing to order food, check them out. I'm not sure how their services operate or work. I was just doing some searching on Instagram and found them. And I thought that that was super dope. So shout out to y'all. And if there's anybody in your city, check out if there's anybody in your city that is a person of color that has a similar business or a business that falls into a realm you are very interested in and support them. I want to now move it over to people who are multi-talented and multi-layered because that's just what we do, okay? It is so amazing when I can look on people's bios and see that they are operating in career fields and or arenas that people have said for so long are meant to stay separate, when in reality, you have the power to go out there and be and do whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. And so shout out to Kyrie. Um, he is a black lawyer. He was actually listed as a top 40 under 40 um, national black lawyer in 2019. He is also a investor and an artist, okay? Um, he recently put out an album that is called Die Happy Kyrie. It's available on iTunes, Tidal, and Spotify. He is constantly out here kicking knowledge, putting us on, keeping us unified, fighting the fight, and he's also offered to provide legal services or at least he put up a post on his page that said, if you know anybody that needs pro bono legal services that are involved in protesting, to email him at help at dot com. And I know I probably could have just said that out, but y'all, I promise ever since I've been on this support call line for work, I've realized how important it is to spell things out to ensure people understand you because... I know I talk fast, and I know sometimes my letters, my words be coming out a little bit like, what? Huh? But anyway, you guys can also follow Kyrie on Instagram at K-H-I-R-E-E underscore E-S-Q. Get at him. I also want to note that there is a curly hair influencer that has been doing a wonderful job at um, really addressing the conversation between not even between but within the hispanic community y'all know the separation and the division be real within the hispanic community especially among dominicans swearing that they're not haitian and that they're not black even though they share a country divided by an invisible line and she even offered um, information about that history and the backstory to that, which I think is also really, really important to know if you identify with either of those cultures. She has created a national resource list and it's available in the bio of her Instagram account through her link tree. So if you are anywhere in the country looking to support a business or needing a service that stands for people of color, then you can go ahead and check that out. Her name on Instagram is the Curly Bella, and her actual name is Gabby Santana. What I love most about it is that she is encouraging every and anybody to take the link and also post it in their bio because the resources need to be shared widely on a much more larger scale. And what I also love about what she said is that you don't have to be a person with thousands of followers to be an influencer. We all have influence in our local community. So don't let the notion of you not being a quote unquote influencer um, limit you from being able to share and inspire and move your community or the people that you do have access to forward because you never know who needs it. So I will probably be putting it in my bio. I also encourage you to do the same. If there is any other resource that you are aware of that you want to put out, um, please let me know because like I said, moving forward, I'm going to continue to have this GPS segment. I'm just kind of resource sharing so that people can be connected and get possibly what they need. And on that note, there is one last resource that I do want to share with you all um, for encouragement. I have this devotional that I've been doing, a 31-day devotional that is called Empowered by the Word. And I read one yesterday that was titled Get It Together. And initially, I almost kind of read it as a charge or like a command from God, right? Like God is telling you, get your life together because Lord knows. And I probably thought that because when I be pulling up on God and having these conversations, I come with a whole agenda and his answer is always like, gather your life, child. I got you. <laughs> so I read it that way at first and I was like, okay, command from God, get it together. And as I was reading through the devotional, 
it really became clear to me that it was also a charge to people that together we need to come to unity and how we're going to get this and get through this is together. So there were two lines that really specifically stood out. And one was that what we believe governs how we behave. So I encourage you to ask yourself, are you being governed by what you believe? And is that really being reflected by how you're behaving? And then we must translate our learning into our living. So again, kind of the whole notion that this episode has been governed and like guided by and molded by is just what you know, what you've experienced, being able to pass that on to impact practicality, like what it looks like from wake up, sun up to sundown with what you do and how you live your life and wanting to just like spread that good vibe, spread that energy and that positivity to other people that can then spark something in them to create change. And the scripture that guided this devotional was from Romans 12 two, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And to me, it's so dope because that's what I see happening. Like I see this whole thing being a move of God. The system is trying to tell us one thing and our response has really been like the modern day version of the Exodus. It's the modern day version of Moses telling Pharaoh, nah, let my people go, son. We are not with it. It's the modern day version of the Israelites going into the wilderness and being on a journey for 40 years. Like this is really a response and a move of God and to see people doing it together and it happening together and really rising above all the segregated and like man-made lines that exist within that is awesome. So that is my time, y'all. Remember that you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chillin' With Chas. I'm not going to hold y'all. I used to be a lot more active on Twitter when I was in college. I'm not sure what happened, so I'm still trying to gain my grounding and my footing. But don't leave me out there talking to myself, y'all, because I legitimately be talking to myself on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yes, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And if, again, you want to be a part of the Community Collective group chat, please see the link in the bio to join the Facebook private group. Thank y'all so much for listening. You're so appreciated. Let's continue to do this. I'm here for it. DM me with any feedback or thoughts you have about this episode, about um, thoughts for future episodes. And yeah, let's link up. I love y'all. Until next episode, I'm out. There's no perfect way to do life, but in order for us to get where we're going, we have to acknowledge where we are, where and what we come from. Otherwise, we're out here, just lost. lost.